Hey guys, welcome to the Nerd Continuity. I'm Michael Dambold, along with your host, um, the amazing and awesome Alex. Hello, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so today we've got some interesting topics to talk about, and mm -hmm. we're going to start off with some of the biggest news that's come out. Uh, it's the news about Bootstrap 4. And Alex yep. is amazing because he was able to actually get a hold of the alpha and test it. Oh, so, yes. Alex. <laughs> I, I went to Twitter and stole the alpha. No, actually, they released it for free, <laughs> but as usual. Yeah, I grabbed... Actually, it. Mm, they released Bootstrap Alpha, the, number, the version 4, while I was working on my custom CSS framework because I wasn't really satisfied about Bootstrap 3. Mm -hmm. And especially I wanted to integrate... Uh, SAS instead of less and I want to integrate Flexbox instead of like the default grid of Bootstrap so I was saying okay let's do it like I'm gonna do it by myself it's gonna be super fun and then the day after Bootstrap released the alpha with of course SAS instead of less and Flexbox grid instead of the default <laughs> Bootstrap grid so I was okay we're on the same page yeah. <laughs> um, I started testing it it's it's pretty sweet like they you can see that they basically rewrote everything from scratch. They maintain what what was already working, like the component-based logic instead of like the single page logic. And they're trying to optimize a lot. I think the the crappiest part of Bootstrap 3 was the JavaScript session with the uh, section with uh, like the carousel was pretty, pretty horrible and drop down and tooltips where if you don't follow exactly the structure of bootstrap like you're gonna have your tooltip open it at the top left of your page or all over the place like it was never properly aligned yeah instead now they they put a lot of effort to improve those those parts and the thing that I really like is the integration of Flexbot. So you have the choice during the customization or even after you download it to import dynamically or the default bootstrap grid or the Flexbox based bootstrap grid. And we are kind of in a sweet spot right now because basically they just dropped the support to Windows, uh, no, sorry, uh, Internet Explorer 8. Mm -hmm. And so Internet Explorer 9 supports a little bit Flexbox, but if you put Modernizer, uh, can do a dynamic rollback, a fallback to support Flexbox. So pretty much we can, we, we have the green light to use Flexbox and it will solve a lot of different weird issues. Uh, overall, it's, it's good. It's still an alpha, so it's super, super buggy. Don't use it for a production website, but Really, yeah. I suggest you to give it a try. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. And when we talked earlier, uh, I asked you the question about the improved documentation and whether or not that was really true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably it's improved because it's smaller, but yeah. it's more complicated to navigate, in my opinion. Like before, the menu was uh, really easy. It was like everything was separated for, for logic. Like you have the first section was the uh, grid section. Then you have all the components with typography and buttons and stuff. Then you have the JavaScript section where you have the carousel, the dropdown, the uh, accordion, all the JavaScript-based plugin. Now it's everything together. You have just three separate sections with like... Uh, introduction, components, and about, <laughs> that's it. And inside the components section, you have tiny, tiny subsections for every single different components, and now everything is together. It's more compact, I think more optimized, but it's a slightly more complicated to navigate. Like, probably, I don't know, maybe because I'm used to the current version of Bootstrap, I watched it so many times that... <laughs> Now I, I'm expecting that experience, but I don't know. Uh, it looks it looks less uh, intuitive for me. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Well, it is alpha. I mean, you know, yeah. from some of the stuff that I've read from the Bootstrap blog, it looks like they've really overhauled a lot. And yeah. it sounds like, I mean, I understand that they're saying that they have all new this and all new that. You know, one of their headers, one of their bullet points is we rewrote all of our JavaScript plugins. Yes. And that to me is like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> this yeah, is going to be interesting. Um, because any developer who's ever worked with JavaScript knows that it can be a pain 
absolute pain yeah. to deal with. Do you remember um, like upgrading from Bootstrap two to Bootstrap three? It was oh like gosh, how wow. many animal sacrifices did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was having to you know Bootstrap two and to three, you had to relearn the entire exactly. Uh, the entire structure yeah. I mean, the entire syntax of bootstrap changed and i remember yeah. being angry i was angry for maybe about a day <laughs> because i was reading the new documentation going yeah. why would they do this but it's actually much better i i yes. i only you know i i would never go i, I don't ever want to go back to the bootstrap no too. no absolutely um, not that what, any, but not yeah. that i would but you no. know what they they yeah. think like really good in bootstrap 3 they completely switch from like bootstrap 2 showed the internet how to create a properly uh, fluid layout with the mm -hmm. grid based on percentages and emphasis and all this stuff but then bootstrap 3 introduced the actual responsive part where you have a grid that can go from 12 columns to six columns based on your uh, browser size like your window mm -hmm. size or whatever device you're uh, using so it was a necessary rewriting. And I think also the JavaScript now in version four, it was a necessary rewriting because the JavaScript of version three is just super, super heavy. Like mm -hmm. most of the time, uh, I think like 99% of the time, I just download the bootstrap grid because I like it, how it, it, it it's made, how it's easy to create responsive things. And that's it. I don't use uh, any components, any sorts of JavaScript because it's super heavy. Like it's really, mm -hmm. it's not really well built. It's good for fast prototyping, but for a production side that you have to optimize and minify it and save as much kilobytes as possible. Bootstrap mm -hmm. uh, JavaScript is uh, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, and I also, you know, now that we're talking about it, you know, people have been trying to do a lot of interesting animations uh, yeah. without using Flash, but it's still... Uh, now that we're talking about this, I was mm -hmm. thinking, you know, it's still really in its kind of beginning stages because, um, first of all, you know, especially with doing anything in parallax, um, your parallax, anything you use for parallax has to be as small as possible. Like your, yes. your bite size, your, your, your code, uh, content, <clears throat> everything that you do with parallax has to be as optimized as possible or is going to, it's not going to be worth it. And it'll be heavier, and sometimes it's not. It's never going to be as heavy as a flash file, oh, yeah. but it's. Oh, it is going to be a problem. Um, mm -hmm. So, it, it, I almost feel like in terms. I think Bootstrap is helping. I think it's actually giving us somewhat of a net to work yeah. with. Um, I don't believe that the type of JavaScript and jQuery and CSS animations that people have gotten away with in the past are going to work anymore. Oh no. But that's good because what that is doing is that's forcing us to innovate and to move forward, yeah, and and to find a new way to show these animations, uh, you know, without uh, it's it's forcing developer is forcing designers to come up with new ideas, but it's also forcing developers to come up with new and more optimized ways of showing these animations, yeah, uh, because right. that the demand for animated and interactive websites that give mm -hmm. you a sense of of fluid, uh, you, you know, user experience yes. is not going to go away. It's yeah. going to to stay here forever, mm -hmm. and in fact, it's going to increase. Yes, um, absolutely. But the way that we handle it, see, part of I, I feel like they're growing pains because <laughs> for so long everyone just relied on Flash. Yes. You know, for almost ten years, yeah. uh, Flash was the king until Steve Jobs said Flash is dead. Yeah, <laughs> um, which a lot of people laughed at him when he said that, and. Yeah. Uh, but it was something that all of us had been really wanting for a very long time. Yeah, it was. He just yeah. said what the rest of us were thinking. Yeah. And, you know, he was the first person who had the guts to do it. And people took him seriously because he was Steve Jobs. Yes, exactly. And, and I hope, and, and he kind of got the ball rolling, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think as we see new code and as we see new languages develop in the future, uh, we're going to see much more of an integrated more of an integrated language of animation like yeah. animation being a part of the language instead of yeah. being an add-on yeah exactly you, know? uh, you you have to think like i'm i'm seeing these transitions right now during like the internal process in my in my company why during the early stages of prototyping or like wireframing we already think of we're already thinking of animations and transitions to smooth experience or like um carry the users through pages to this old animation so it's not something that maybe 
last year was like, okay, let's do a website. And then at the end, okay, now let's make it pretty with some transitions and some animations. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not like that anymore. It's, everything's changed. Yeah. The good thing about Bootstrap that it's both good and both bad, really bad, <laughs> if that when Bootstrap was introduced, gave us basically a base structure of saying like, okay, this is the good web. That's how you make something good. You have a good structure. You have a good solid base to start building. But people like users, especially lazy developers, started <laughs> using Bootstrap as it was, like without any customization. So the internet, the entire web got sick of Bootstrap in like three months. Like all the websites, like 70% of the website was like, oh, this is Bootstrap. Like it was so easy to recognize it because yeah. no one was customized it. Well, they were using it. I felt like they were using it as a template instead of a boilerplate. Exactly. <laughs> you know, instead, of, it, it's almost like, I don't know. It just felt, <laughs> well, you know, you know, I went on a rant a few, maybe a few months ago about how all the websites look the same. Yes. Um, you have giant photos with white text. And these are, I have to conclude that the people who made these websites are not designers because you never put white text over a black and white photo mm -hmm. with pure white in that photo. Exactly. And I just don't think these people, I mean, I, I can only conclude, and so does everyone else, I'm assuming, who looks at this website, if you can't read the logo and if you can't read the text in that top little the parallax part where it's a giant photo and then there's, there's like, I don't know, a sunny day, yeah. you know, where you're seeing shadows from a tree yeah. and then half of the uh, half of the half of the text is occluded yeah. by the white, you know, or the black. Mm -hmm. and, and you're not, it's, I don't know, it's almost as though technology for some people, I feel like technology has progressed to the point where you cannot get away with stuff anymore. Exactly. And you can't get away with fudging it. And these people are fudging <laughs> it. And I'm even seeing this in gallery website and lists. You yes. know, people are saying, you know, top 10 big photo websites, but half of them are absolutely atrocious because yeah. the people are not, people are not using the elements and principles of design. Exactly. They're not trying to contrast anything. They're not trying to uh, make anything look nice or have anything stand out. Yeah. It's all turning into a jumbled mess. And something that you notice in Bootstrap 4, like it's way less uh, ready to like, ready to go out of the box. Yes. Before, like Bootstrap Two was uh, was coming out of the box with pre-made templates that you could like yeah. put on top, and it was okay. Now the Bootstrap Three is like just has one template that is the default of Bootstrap. Bootstrap Four now is basically comes with a pre-made color scheme, and that's it. No template, I no like fancy drop shadows or like gradients and buttons. Like super flat everything. So. It's a boilerplate. Like you start from that and then you build on top, but you don't use it as a, okay, that's it. It works. And I don't have to yeah. put any thoughts on this because it's already made it. No. Right. And I almost, get the, yeah, yeah. Well, I almost get the impression that the people who were developing Bootstrap looked, saw what happened oh, yeah. and said, oh, we need to not be the ones who caused this. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. and they, so they made it more, they, they didn't make it more difficult. They just made the code a little more advanced and they removed the training wheels. Because honestly, mm. this is Bootstrap 4. At this point, you should at least know the basics if you're getting into Bootstrap. Yes, exactly. And you can't go anywhere else. So, mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, you can, do, you can make static sites, but the, they're going the way of the dinosaur. Why would you even, yeah. I mean, you, you can kiss your, your business goodbye if all of your, <laughs> you know, if you're not even considering moving into Bootstrap. Yes. You know, I mean, if you have a, you know, if you have a website that no one is ever going to see, you yeah. know, or you have a website for, I don't know, something, you know, like a, I don't know, mm -hmm. a research facility yeah. that they don't care. Yeah, if exactly. They can, if it's responsive or not, yeah. that would be the only thing that I can think of because people who need to access these websites need to access them yeah. from iPads, Android tablets, mm -hmm. phones, you name it. Yeah, and there's a, only like one thing that I, I personally use it and I I kind of like I'm allowed like I'm okay to not customize bootstrap at all if you have to build an intranet or you have to build a administration panel for your own company for that is okay yes, like, I I actually th yeah actually I would recommend not doing bootstrap at that point yeah only because b the only people who are going to access that are via desktop computers Yes. And that to me, that's kind of the yeah, an intranet 
in any kind of admin panel usually yeah. is is I believe for especially for a larger company or like a medical uh, yeah. medical company or a hospital I really don't believe the 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 time needs to go into making that um, making that uh, responsive because most of the integrated third party software uh, mm-hmm. companies that make the content and the yeah. software for like a hospital yeah they're not going to invest in any kind of mobile development yeah, because you're absolutely. not supposed to access your patient's files on your phone. Yeah. So that's in kind of, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> it almost seems like it's a completely different set of rules yeah, when exactly. it comes to internet um, versus internet. You know, there's, exactly. and that's one of the things I ask people, you know, it's, uh, is your, is your site going to be public facing? Yeah. Exactly. Because if it is, we need response. If it isn't, we don't really need to worry about yeah, it exactly. yet. And speaking about Flash, we were talking about it before. All right. Yeah. So the news is Google Chrome is beginning to block Flash, which Ooh. is music to our ears. Okay. <laughs> we, yes. Well, we not completely. To... Like it oh, will block oh. like pretty much ads that are not yeah. safe, and they could like put some like backdoor inside your website or whatever. But it will keep open like video players. And some ads, like yes. well, uh, from what I see, yeah, mm-hmm. it's auto playing flash ads. So really, yeah. the whole you know those ads that are Google ads saying you know doctors hate her, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they they show a picture of guacamole and then a woman with like avocado on her face yeah. or something. Like this woman is seven hundred and fifty three years old. <laughs> She's know? immortal thanks yeah. to avocado. Yeah, that's, yeah. that that works. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was initially rolled out uh, to a beta version of Chrome earlier this year. Yeah, and uh, Ars Technica actually has a really good uh, article on this. It has all yeah. the details, but uh, it's really nice. It's going to be. It will be nice for end users, yes. mostly. Uh, so if you're if you're searching the internet and you're looking through it, you're not going to have as many flashing annoying ads mm-hmm. um, as you as you had. And I remember several times uh, hearing stories of people actually getting infected. Their browsers and their computers are being infected. Uh, with malware because they were downloading um, it, without knowing it uh, like flash ads were playing yeah. and they yeah. were shoving in all of this bad uh, I remember. code through it. That yeah. happened to me too like when I had a, had a, a Pentium 3 I remember like early stages of the internet I was like oh let's download these amazing flash games and that yeah oh gosh all those yeah back destroyed in the my computer like, yeah what was that the thing that yeah. is like it's it's kind of weird and it, it's yeah I was impressed by these statistics that in this article that you mentioned about Arts Technica said that um, a recent report for a mobile and management agency said that in the first quarter of 2015 5.35 billion of flash ads were submitted yeah and were still in use compared to the 4.25 billion of html5 ads so yeah. that's billion yes. with a b billion <laughs> yeah fucking a lot like okay google chrome is gonna start blocking the ads but People are not ready. Like <laughs> we didn't hear, like you were saying, Steve Jobs ten years ago saying, "Hey, Flash is dead. Let's switch from that to HTML5." People didn't listen. Like it was like, "No, I'm gonna keep going yeah. my Flash ads and my Flash websites." Like yeah. sometimes I actually find some Flash entirely flash-made websites. Oh, dude, like- I found a flash website. You, okay, so this guy, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but it's Lamal. It's the guy who's saying never-ending story. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lamal. His website's Lamal. completely flash. I mean, completely. Yeah, as as, and it looks like a table-based Dreamweaver. Yeah. <laughs> so, good yeah. use of flash. Yeah. And, you know, I look at that, and I look at these entertainers going, oh my gosh, did he pay someone to... You know, he may have paid someone like in '98 to to build his website. And, yes. And but that's from the attitude of I built a website, you know, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and I don't need a new one. And it's based on like HTML. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not even HTML5. It's not even close to HTML4. So because um, I've yes. I've actually come across a few of those sites, a few sites where you look up, you know, you do the uh, view source code, mm-hmm. and you see this. I mean, you see these comments, and it's yes. just like, what year is it? So <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and uh, speaking of all of this, uh, speaking of yeah. browsers, uh, mm-hmm. 
let's talk about uh, <laughs> let's talk about Microsoft Edge. The, uh, <sighs> Do we have to? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Do you use the, it? Um, the beautiful. No. Well, I tested something. I tested it out uh, this last week, actually. I oh. finally got around to it. Uh, upgraded my computer at work to Windows 10. Oh. Um, but I remember hearing that there were there are no plugins and yeah, there are no it's, extensions. It's, um, nothing. It's just it's, it's bare bones. Like yeah. it's just so basic. There's pretty much there nothing, will? and everything is integrated with Cortana, like. Right click yeah. and has to Cortana to search the web with Bing. You won't have any results that make sense. <laughs> with Bing. Yeah. Let's underline that with Bing. Bing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One well. thing that lost me in the last Spider-Man movie was that he used Bing. I'm like, really? <laughs> Is that what the teenagers are using? Because that yes. would be the depreciation of yes, our abilities. Of course. <laughs> I just, mm, I don't know. I just, yeah. Well, you know, there's an article on uh, Web Designer Depot about this yeah. this week, and uh, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to be very diplomatic about it, but oh, there's a yeah. quote that says, under the hood, Edge is very much IE12. And that's not nice. That's not a... <laughs> that's a you know, whiplash. <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, the CSS support in Edge is 6% better than IE11, but that's only that's a one-digit number. Yeah. And that's not, I mean... And like the article says, is the same improvement ratio from IE10 to IE11, yeah. like 6 fucking percent. And they say, we rebuilt Edge from scratch. We built Edge, like Project Spartan. We are building like something completely new from scratch. No, it's not true. You're using the same crappy base core of Internet Explorer that it cannot support after 10 years of development, cannot mm-hmm. support transitions without putting uh, dash MS dash transitions on top. And also without using Modernizer, otherwise the transition won't work. It's just why i i i don't understand why what are they doing yeah well and i found a, a one thing in the article says is there's a website called caniuse.com which yeah. i think should be the holy grail for all web developers oh yes it's this beautiful beautiful little website uh that only functions to show whether or not you know specific code will be supported by mm-hmm. x browser and uh and it's much better than the cross browser test i mean if you want to do cross browser testing there are other ways to do it but if you just have a question about something yeah. Uh, especially if you're designing for something and your boss says, "Hey, does this work in Edge?" You can go there instead of having to figure it out the hard way. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because the article also says that Edge only supports 75% of what Chrome offers, yeah. and it does not support the picture element. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, I mean, you Why? can use like, Source you know? Set, but it's not. I don't know. It, yeah. It's almost. I feel like they're wanting to say, "Yes, we kind of support HTML5, but not really." Like yeah, really that, like that, that that's something that like it's it does it for me it does it totally make sense like Microsoft is is losing a lot on every every field like it's losing hardware is losing from software is losing from internet is losing from games also mm-hmm. Xbox was kind of a major failure at the Xbox oh, One compare oh, yeah it was compared to PS4 so why yeah. Microsoft doesn't understand what's wrong. Like every user is saying, anyway, we cannot use Internet Explorer because it doesn't support HTML5 and the web is coding in HTML5. So Microsoft, instead of saying, okay, let's take like our 20,000 developers or maybe more that we have and let's build a, just a single support of HTML5. Let's not integrate stupid uh, search on Cortana dynamic or like download dynamic like multiple files but just with a single key shortcut or whatever just Mm -hmm. add a single support of html5 why they cannot focus on the important things and they keep bullshitting around well and it's interesting because that same line of questioning happened whenever xbox the new xbox came out uh versus ps4 now ps4 dropped the mic on at e3 yeah, because it it offered. See, the thing was, PS4 improved on the features that people were asking for. Yeah, uh, they were asking that certain features be improved. PS4 said, "We'll do that, and we'll one up you, and we'll give you this too," uh, which was that's good. That's really good, and yes. people loved it. But uh, you know, the, the avid Xbox supporters who up until that point in time did not have a reason not to like or believe that Microsoft was going to put out a, a secondary product. Mm-hmm. Product was saying. 
we'll just wait. Just wait until, you know, Microsoft's going to come out with something amazing yeah. and it's going to blow PS4 out of the water. You know, PS4 say your prayers. And then they came out and not only did they not listen to people, they made it nearly impossible for some users to even use the Xbox One. Exactly. Because it had to be logged in all the time. It had yeah. to have internet. People who are uh, deployed overseas says, I can't use Xbox One. What do, what do you say? Yeah. And then the, they, were, they started giving flippant answers like, well, I don't know, find the internet or something. You know, nice. it was just the, <laughs> the attitude was, and I'm not quoting them you know, directly, but it was that attitude of, well, you know, you just need to play our way or, or just don't buy it. Yeah. And I think at one point someone just started inferring that they needed to just go with PS4 if they didn't like Xbox One. And um, now, that granted, the person they ha- they hired to handle that that was that was a very bad thing to say about your own product. Yes, uh, or to infer the PS4 is in any way better. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened? But that was the difference between companies that are listening to the users, companies that are listening. That's one good thing I do have to say about Adobe is Adobe does very listen a lot. Yeah. Uh, to people's complaints, and they do really work hard to uh, try to. Um, really improve the user experience mm-hmm. uh, in most in most of their programs um, <laughs> most of the time most of the time uh, and so you know I, you know because I, I know if anybody listened to this last time you know I know we did a lot of some yeah, uh, we, we, we creative cloud some... bashing but but I mean Mozilla Chrome is okay and yeah. uh, Adobe are really good at listening to the users yeah Mozilla is really good oh uh, Mozilla base is entire business on users and like yeah uh, I would really love to use Mozilla and my default browser, but it's uh, I hate sometimes how heavy is on specific transitions and it's not as smooth internet experience. It's not as smooth experience on specific websites, especially when I'm developing. Like the developer inspector of Chrome is so much better. <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah, sorry, I but it's so, so much better. Like no, it, totally... You can see that it's made from developers for developers. Yes. And I usually develop, and everyone, most people that I know develop with uh, Chrome. Yeah. Because the developer tools are so good, and it is, it's a really solid, it's a really solid browser. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only time, you know, some people talk about how, you know, there are complaints online about how much RAM yeah. Chrome takes up, but it's not Chrome that's taking up the RAM. It's the extensions people are downloading. Exactly. Uh, the extensions developed by third-party users. Yeah. And those people may, and that's you know, this is kind of the general rule of the internet. If third-party, if somebody, if a user creates something, you don't always have a guarantee that they're going to optimize it. Mm-hmm. They may just put all, you know, instead of trying to run, it's like running a bunch yeah. of, you know, having ten CSS separate CSS style sheets. Yeah. Versus running the whole thing through SAS, you know, exactly. where you have everything optimized, right. you know, and so and maybe the, you know, uh, the browsers having to go through ten different style sheets, many of which have the same rules, you know, <laughs> for the same class, you know. Sometimes it's usually the the extensions that I found that eat up the RAM, but as long as you, I mean, as long as you're smart about it, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's much easier. So yeah, exactly. So and if you don't open like twenty thousand tabs at the same time, so maybe... yes, that too. But that, I think that's true for most browsers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I needed someone who had like, I mean, he had so many browsers open in his computer that you couldn't tell which browser was which. Yeah. And he said, "That's just how I work." I'm like, "How do you work?" That's my workflow. You're destroying my workflow. No, that's not a like, workflow. How do you tell that's what's just... what? And he was like, "Oh, I just know." I'm like, "This is just okay. a shitstorm." Uh, cool. So at the end of the day, like Microsoft Edge sucks. But we can we can. Say I think that, we should like, just stop expecting it. I think we should just stop expecting it to be anything other than yeah, IE. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the rebrand you can't repackage. No, I'm not going to end that. But uh, the thing is, it's also that uh, it's weird that if you use a if you try to use actually Edge as your default browser, you notice that a lot of things are missing. Like it's it looks. It really looks like a newly fresh made product because it misses so much compared to the other browsers that you say, oh, this functionality is not there yet because they just started like coding this thing. So it's just super, super new. But then you realize that it acts and reacts in the exact same way of Internet Explorer. So or the developers (laughs) are so stuck in that environment that even if they create something new they do the same mistakes 
Well, or, and I'm not sure it's the developers. Yeah, it, it, or it like the, the manager, exactly, like yeah. managers or like the, the actual CEO said, no, let's use the Internet Explorer core yeah. because I don't want to spend billions of dollars on redoing everything to scratch. But the fact is they're losing, they're still losing it. And they try to do a sneaky thing, like maybe this 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 part will help us transition to the next argument that there's no, they did a sneaky thing in, intern, in uh, Windows 10 that before in Windows 8, 7 or whatever, to change the browser to default, you have to just download a new browser. After you open it, you have the pop-up and you can check, yes, I want this Google Chrome as my default. Now you have to manually go inside settings and another like sub-level settings, scroll down through all the bottom of the settings and deselect or select another browser. So like Google Chrome and Mozilla like were complaining publicly against Microsoft, like you specifically put the browser switching options two more clicks away compared to the previous version of Windows. They're doing this on purpose to avoid people to change the browser. So what the hell? Well, speaking of uh, Windows issues, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the whole idea that Windows gave us Windows 10 instead of Windows 9. <laughs> I think by thinking that they were going to skip a version, that they were going to kind of fool us into thinking that this is not only better, yeah. it's two times better. And, <laughs> yeah, that was know, the just, idea. You know, Mac has decided to just stop, you know, Apple just decided to stop giving its, you know, OS as a number. Yeah. And now we're getting Yosemite and now El Capitan. Yeah. And um, so, you know, um, I, I don't know what they were thinking, but it's kind of the whole branding process of Microsoft at this point yeah. is, you know, trying to recover everything and saying, oh, you know, our, we acknowledge that our brands were so bad that we have to put new names mm -hmm. and new logos and new wrapping on everything. Yeah. Um, but I will say, though, that, you know, they put a lot of thought into Windows 10, and I love Windows 10 on my work computer, on my i9. It's it's yeah. great. It's very solid. Yeah. Um, it hasn't, I have not experienced an OS that solid since XP. Oh, um, wow. Now, granted, I haven't run into any major issues, but yeah. it's not giving me the trouble that um, that the previous <laughs> uh, Windows, Windows 8, version gave me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think it was. I actually think on that one I had Windows Seven because I wouldn't touch Windows oh, Eight. Oh yes, uh, I hated Windows Eight so much. I think I yes. had Windows Seven put on there, mm -hmm. but even so, it would still give me a lot of trouble. Yeah. And uh, but I haven't had you know, I mean, it, this is still early on, so we haven't had any updates or anything like that yet. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's been much better to use. I enjoy it more <laughs> than oh, yes. I did. Did you spend a lot of time customizing during the installation? It's not particularly. Mm -hmm. um, it really, it just needed to be some... I, I turned off everything that I thought was extraneous. Yeah. Uh, anything that would cut into my workflow because I do I, I do video and uh, web development and animations and other stuff. Yeah. And so I need, I need as much free space <laughs> and as much free RAM and as possible. So I don't really have any lot of, I don't have a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. on that one. But I do have Windows 8 on my laptop and I have the minimal set of everything on my laptop mm -hmm. and it's still it's buggy as as crap. I mean it's yes. just annoying, <laughs> so annoying. Um so compared to Windows 7 on my old computer and Windows 8 on my laptop, Windows 10 has been wonderful. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm much happier with it. Yeah, yeah. Um and I have I think believe I have a Yosemite on my uh on my MacBook Air, mm -hmm. so um, which is also really sweet. But yeah. I mean, Apple hasn't really given us a bad. To my memory, I don't remember an OS particularly being. Yeah, no, it's uh, anywhere near as bad as as eight. Oh <laughs> you know? my god, no, it was never. I don't know what eight was. It was it was like some I don't know. Um, Something was, wrong it was happened. Loaded down. It was incredibly loaded down. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So Windows 10. Speaking of yeah. uh, privacy issues. And most specifically, the privacy issues with setting up Windows 10 and, yeah. and what we talked about earlier was, you know, when, this is not the first time an OS has come out that tracks your movements. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, but also that you can opt out on. Yeah. People seem, don't seem to understand that if you opt out, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, of these tracking options that you will opt out of them and they, they won't do it. Yeah. And uh, not really. Um, you know, but this has been around since, you know, I believe Yosemite started the whole tracking thing uh, with well, their actually, OS. Actually, if like if users like if people start thinking about it slightly, every time you freaking use Siri to ask a silly question, that 
voice, your command, your question is recorded and sent to Apple, and it's mm -hmm. permanently stored there with your location, with your time, with whatever was in your cell phone. So, like all these privacy issues that are popping out now from Windows 10, is just because Windows and Microsoft especially weren't that good on hiding these things. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's the major issue because. The, like you said, like if you spend some time on the settings during the installation or during like the customization of your OS, you can disable specific things. The shitty things mm -hmm. about Windows that if you disable too many things about privacy, then you cannot use a lot of functionalities of Windows because everything is connected to harvesting your data and your info and sending reports to Microsoft. But yeah. it's yeah, it's something that it, it needs balance, and it's it's clear, it's obvious. Like Android is doing this, uh, Apple is doing this, uh, Google. Every time you do a research, is doing it. Facebook, Facebook is the major evil in every house. Like like Facebook knows everything about you, and you cannot delete your profile of Facebook. So all these privacy concerns about Windows 10 are kind of yeah, I agree, but it's kind of silly that now everyone is so upset. Right, and it, it's like people were freaking out about Amazon Echo when it came out. Oh, yeah. Um, thinking that, oh, it's going to record everything you do. Well, your phone already does that. Yeah. And your television you smartphone, already does that. Yeah. Your smartphone. Uh, you know, most of these, and now people are thinking that this is going to some secret database where people are are doing horrible things while listening to you, you know, looking at your data. But that's not true. It's actually going to a database that's storing and reorganizing and telling other databases to do certain things based on the data that it receives. Um, it's just everything is made for advertising, like to give you the product yes. that you probably will need and you will end up buying. It's just to yes. sell you stuff like... Especially, like, uh, there's a guy that I follow on uh, Tech Syndicate. I follow a channel on YouTube. And this guy, Logan, said a, uh, uh, said something about Windows 10 and Facebook and all these, like, kind of free products. It's really true. Like, if a product is free, it means that you and your information are the product. So, yes, that's... That's it. Twitter like, and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and privacy advocates are, are really concerned about certain things. You know, and I think there was a, there was a freak out whenever uh, people started realizing with Amazon Echo that Alexa actually learns mm -hmm. from your requests. Yeah. Um, that is also dealt with via databases because they, they begin to realize, you know, the databases record your information and from that derive possible answers. Mm -hmm. um, there was even recently a Turing test given to one of the, uh, to an artificial, um, it was an artificial life form, basically, yeah. if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, I was reading about it actually last night. Uh, they were asking it questions and it would take, it would take answers from the internet. And of course, it started answering questions in incredibly creepy, like an incredibly creepy way. Yeah. Um, saying, you know, the robot started telling the guy, you're nice, I'll be nice to you. Even if I become the Terminator, I'll be nice to you and put you in a human zoo and think about you for old time's sake. Oh my now, God. That's <laughs> insanely disturbing. That is insanely disturbing. <laughs> but if you know where this guy's getting his, if you know where this thing is getting its information from, it's aggregation. It's like Huffington Post talking to exactly. you. Exactly. So. And yeah. you know the stuff that's on Huffington Post, yeah, you know, that's or, an article about or the Breitbart report, or you know, one of those one of those content aggregator like Reddit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like you're having a con, you know. I mean, having a conversation with Reddit. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's, terrifying. Um, it's like you look at you know you look at all these. It's gathering all of this aggregated data mm -hmm. and then putting it together in a pre-programmed way. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's gonna it's terrifying, but all of our fears about AI are online. Exactly. So, you know, like specifically the idea of a human zoo. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of that. It probably came from Reddit. You know, so do I believe this thing is actually intelligently real? Uh, no, I don't believe that it's going to pass the Turing test. Yeah. But I, I think that what is doing, what's happening is that we're making, we're freaking ourselves out at this point mm -hmm. with the with our capabilities. Yes. Um, that's why Elon Musk and several others are, uh, yeah, Steve, uh, maybe Stephen Hawking, mm -hmm. are uh, campaigning the UN to stop to make like laws and making the U.S. trying to campaign the U.S. 
to make laws against artificial intelligence um, in drones and in military yeah. DARPA um, mechanisms, yeah. basically. Saying that they don't want machines to think they want humans to always operate machines mm -hmm. in war. Uh, just in case the machine backfires and destroys an entire village of innocent people. Yeah, exactly. So Something um, that never happened with a human ex ex yeah. <laughs> in charge, right? <laughs> right, but they want someone to blame if, exactly. they, if they do it. That's a human so they, they, want, they, they want human accountability. Yeah. And, uh, and I think they're... they're I think we're just freaking ourselves out. I think. At yeah, this point. it's but, well. Rolling back to <laughs> to Windows 10. Yeah, <laughs> we went out of track. But if you want to use specific things for free, you have to pay. Like even if it's free, you have to pay. It doesn't exist free. Like yes, even open like source. Like play games. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like freemium. Right. That's like like <laughs> that's the new thing. But. Uh, yeah. And also, like, you have the ability, like, the, the sketchy things about Windows 10 that you don't really have control is, like, the new way of updating the operating system. Now, like, Windows said, uh, we're not going to do new versions anymore. We're going to just, like, release updates once in a while. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that they decided to use real users to test this update. So they're going to release a specific update to a specific branch of users. So they release a version to a branch of another version to another, and they release like this chunk of updates before releasing to more and more and more users and then make them globally release. And so they actually use users to test the mm -hmm. updates before releasing to the actual public like completely for free and this is kind of uh, shitty in my opinion because if you're using your machine yeah. in a production environment like for work and then you get an update and you trust this update because oh microsoft is releasing a new update for the operating system it's gonna get things better and it mm -hmm. maybe has some bug or destroys your machine that is not good but yeah, when I think that's setting it up for a class action lawsuit. Exactly. <laughs> you can, and you can prove that. Yeah, and a lot of users I don't know how true is this thing, but a lot of users are complaining that even if they disable like the the, the automatic updates, if you're mm -hmm. not careful when you restart your computer, Windows is going to do the updates anyway. I'm I've not, heard of that. I've heard that, of Yeah. I've heard of that. Happening. I didn't test that, yeah. so I'm not sure if it's true, but could be true. And if it's true, this is it. shitty. <laughs> this is yeah. really sketchy. Like, that's something yeah. that it's like, ah, so you're not really giving me the choice. Like, that's, I, I think yeah. that's the basic of the privacy issues. Like, if I'm telling you, if you use this product, I'm going to use your first and last name and send information to my company to sell you stuff, I'm fine. You're yeah. telling me this and I can check, no, I don't want this, but I'm not going to use your software. If you're telling me something and you do the opposite, like it means that I don't have a choice and that is mm -hmm. catchy and that is it's it's annoying. Right. So Right. And I think it, you know, I hope that eventually they start changing their uh, <laughs> company policies to not do that anymore because that's ridiculous. Especially mm -hmm. for those of us who work in any kind of development environment. Um, yeah. We need everything to work. <laughs> we need every, and a lot of times we're under the gun, you know. And if you're under the gun and you have a, a project deadline, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you wake up one morning and your computer's like, "Oh, I don't work anymore. Sorry." Exactly. You know. Then oh, that was terrible. It. Like that's why I, I kind of, yeah, I'm trying to get away to Apple, to Apple products because of the all the the sketchy things that they're doing and all the factories yeah. in China, all these things, and their products are over, overpriced. It's just like fashion and things. Oh, of course. But the, the well, problem, the main problem is that if you have a business and you're investing some money and you want a, a computer, you want a piece of machine that you have to be sure is going to work for at least six years, and every morning you turn it on and it will turn on without smashing completely your work, you have to go for Apple. I'm I'm really sorry to say that because I'm trying. I even trying to like I'm building my custom computer. I want to turn into Linux for everything productivity wise. But if you have a business, you can't. You can't trust Windows. You can't trust Linux. You can't trust what other operating system we have. Like I don't well, know. Well, and I think you know. I think in general, I get the impression that what Windows is doing, like with what you said 
is a temporary thing. I don't think it's going to work. And I think hmm. they're trying. I I get the impression that Windows is trying to figure out their way. <laughs> um, yes. In, in this new, they're trying to figure out a new business model. And yes. I think eventually they're going to settle down because people will, you know, people will make a fuss. We will see stories on Ars Technica, The Verge, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gizmodo yeah. of you know these horror stories of what happened, but I think Microsoft's <laughs> eventually gonna. I feel like they're just trying to reset themselves, and I, eventually they're gonna find a sweet spot. Yeah, and I think eventually they're gonna settle down. They're gonna be okay for businesses. Um, you know, I mean, granted, we're talking about the worst case scenarios, um, but I don't think that's in the long run going to be. It's not in Microsoft's best interest to do stuff that's gonna hurt them um, on a on a large scale. Yeah, so I think eventually they're gonna settle for a sweet spot, and we're gonna be. Okay, you know, I don't think Windows is going to self-destruct. I think I think it's just. Uh, I feel like it, I'm seeing this company go through growing pains, <laughs> as large as it is. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, trying to trying to rebrand itself and trying to yeah. to do that, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, we, um, questions. I want to create a jingle for our questions, but questions. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding. That's ding it. ding ding. Question time. Ding. <laughs> Like Adventure Time or questions, but there you anyway. go. <laughs> uh, so I had an interesting question on. So I wrote an article, a blog post on my website a while ago, like I think six months ago, about Adobe Brackets. Brackets is this open source code editor for front end developers. So it's just strictly for HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. It's pretty sweet. It's like super lightweight, full of extensions. You can write your own code to integrate and the good thing that it this code editor is built in actually actually is built in HTML, CSS and JavaScript. So you can access the source code and change it as it was a website. So you have complete customization and it. it's open source so you can access the the source code and do whatever you want. And I was like I did a positive kind of blog post. I was I'm pretty impressed about it. It's it's really it's really new, so it's like version 1.4. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of important functionality, but it's a good start, and it's nice seeing Adobe investing on open source. And then a user wrote me uh, uh, questions that it wasn't actually a question, but a complaint. Like it was like, I read your post about brackets. I tried it, and it sucks. You can't design with it. Like I don't understand why no one can come up with a simple, uh, a simple graphic type awkward-based website design program. I was like, uh, first, like I never said that brackets <laughs> was a design program. Yeah. It's a front-end right. development. It's not. <laughs> and the other thing, this user said, like, ah, oh, my workflow sucks. Like my workflow, it's it's so like painful, like developing website because I have to. Create a website in Illustrator, import it in Photoshop, export the slices, and then create tables in Dreamweaver. We swear, guys, this post is from 2015 and not 1995. Yeah, I, I got this message like <laughs> three days ago, not from 2001. Like a time, there was a time traveling distortion in the sending of this email, <laughs> and I got this email from the past. But yeah. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> uh, I understand that it's hard to find a software that can do both design and you. it's ready for development. There's something out there, like there's Macaw that has a, a nice uh, CSS HTML conversion. You can design with the web in mind and then export a pre-made HTML page or there's Sketch that creates the CSS code every time you design something. But the problem is that the workflow that this user is using is just so outdated and so wrong in so many levels that I bet you're 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 super upset <laughs> and super frustrated. Well yeah, I mean you know what I used to when I was in college they taught us to create everything in Photoshop or Illustrator, slice it out and then put it online, mm-hmm. you know, via the slices. And yeah. but that was 2005 when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, when I and that was perfectly normal. For it was fine. Yeah. At the time, CSS was, wasn't supported by anyone, and it was terrible doing right. anything with CSS. So exactly. <laughs> but then you know, when I graduated, I learned CSS and HTML and and all of that and. Uh, the thing is, you just you cannot make a meaningful website uh, by using training wheels. 
And Illustrator is, I actually do my mock-ups in Illustrator mm -hmm. because everything is vector-based and I have yes. total control over everything. Exactly. Um, I understand that some people create their mock-ups in Photoshop, but I, to this day, do not understand why. <laughs> because I, to, Photoshop is for photos. Yeah. It is a photo editing program. Yeah, and regardless of how much stuff has been tacked onto it and see in Creative Cloud, yeah. it's still a photo editing program. Yes. So this is my work. So my workflow is if I'm depending on what sometimes I'll just code a mock-up. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm one if they're if they're the type of person that really wants to see everything before we do a lick of code, which everyone I know, you know, we all have those clients. Yeah. And we all have people that we deal with who want to see that. Um, sometimes it's just faster. Like I can make a, an illustrator mock-up in 30 minutes. Yeah, it's very exactly. simple. Um, make it simple, edit the photos in Photoshop, put those edited, edited photos into Illustrator, yeah. have multiple layers, mm -hmm. easy, super easy, yeah. and then just save a JPEG and then send it out and say, what do you think of this? Yeah, you know? absolutely. And if they like it or don't like it, then I code from scratch yes. after... And and I do, I don't even oh. man the only slices that I ever make are the photos that we add but even then you would make multiple versions. Yeah. Why you're not using tables? That's so good. God, why you're not using Dreamweaver <laughs> tables pre-made? Why aren't you using Dreamweaver MX? Yeah, yeah so good. Flash MX. That was, that was 2005, wasn't yeah. it? It was uh, Flash MX. Was like Flash yes, Seven, probably. I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Micromedia was something oh, still yeah. there. See, Adobe is great for the conceptual stage of projects. Yes. Now, sometimes I'll just code something and give it to someone. Yeah. Um, but if they're if it's going to be very visually heavy and they they really need to see it, um, what, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Then I'll I'll create it in Illustrator and then show them. Or if it's something that we have to show multiple people. It's much, e it's much easier to show them something because there's no point in, in spending a few hours coding a website that people are going to hate. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you don't even know, you, if you don't even know how the website is going to look, like yeah. they can't decide on on a template or a or you know like the idea of whether or not they want the photo on top or yeah. they want a photo at all or they want you know, there's no point in actually making something like making a, a spec art website. Yes. Versus Illustrator, <laughs> you know, Illustrator me is it, to me is uh, keeping spec art at a minimum. Because all we're doing is sending them a JPEG. We're not actually building billable hour. Oh work. yes, absolutely. You know, I, I, and that's what I do. You know, personally, is if someone wants a website, I make a mock-up first because I'm not doing spec art and making them a site yeah, first. Yeah, no, no, it's insane. You know, <laughs> so, uh, so Adobe is great for conceptual. But once you get into development, everything else has to has all of your development stuff has to kick in. Yeah, and Adobe becomes minimal and nothing else other than exporting. Exactly. The stuff you want, and yes. and that's it. But even then, you don't export a green menu bar. You <laughs> you don't do that, and you don't export pictures of your menu options. Why not? You, that's, so easy. That's what CSS is for. So good. That's what CSS is for. But <laughs> how do you do gradients and text shadows? <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm being a dick right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should. I'm I'm so sorry no, if you're listening like to this podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But it's funny. No, it's funny. I see it. I see it, though. I see people wanting to use... What was it? I came across a site mm -hmm. um, recently that was all one image. Everything what? on the site, including the menu, including every... I mean, everything. Everything. It was like they saved a picture and put oh, it online. Oh, God. And then they hot-linked it. They hot-linked oh, the God, That's amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. It was like this... It's like this unicorn of websites. And I was like, oh, what year is this? This is 1998. That's the perfect like, cross-browser <laughs> experience. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I did when I first started out. I didn't know yeah. any better. Yeah, exactly. Like 10 years ago. You're sure that it's going to look exactly the same in Internet Explorer, in Edge, in Chrome, in <laughs> Safari. Oh, the, uh, there was no, S obviously, these people had no SEO presence. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Google looked at that and was like, why not? Nope. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> F minus minus. That's amazing. It okay. Was, it was amazing. I can't believe that somebody actually did that. It was. I mean, we all we all started. We all did stupid stuff when we started. Do you think they did it seriously or like as a joke? Like, like oh, let's make this. It was serious. It that, was serious. Oh shh. 
shoot. Yeah, I, I can't give any more details about yeah, it. Yeah, no, 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 don't, don't. Um, but uh, that's it, it not was, put it more shit. <laughs> okay. I was like, wow, I'm looking at a unicorn Pegasus, something like, <laughs> Pegasus. right now. It's like, it's like, can I take a photo of it? If I take yeah. a photo of it, is it gonna be blurry? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? It was a, it was the shortest little piece of code. It was like the shortest little like, image. Co- uh, yeah. It was just like image source this end. Great. Hot link, hot link map, you know positions, and that was that's, it. That's that's real code optimization. That's minified HTML. <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> it's HTML seven. <laughs> hey, oh God, we are being. I don't even know what HTML seven is gonna look like. That's such a couple of douche right now, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. HTML seven is gonna just be downloaded directly into your brain. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like we'll all be cyborgs at that point. So, well, and because what HTML5 isn't even going to be accepted by the W3 until like 2024 or something. Yeah, that's it's, it's HTML5 is in development since like the early 2000. Like in 2001, there was introduced the concept of HTML5 and uh, different markups like aside and structure and like header markup, footer markup, all this stuff. But yeah. the integration is so slow and. And of course, with like Flexbox is starting being used like today. And Flexbox mm-hmm. was a thing in 2005. Everyone was like, oh, Flexbox is so good. Why I cannot use it? Because it's not supported anywhere. Like, and it's not going to be for at least another 10 years. And so you're like, yeah. okay, uh, so <laughs> that's good. Let's make <laughs> our life more complicated. Yeah. Well, and I think the good thing by 2024, we will have all moved on to HTML6. Yeah, probably HTML5 like internet is, is approved. Yeah, internet will be a entire network of brains instead of network of yeah. computers. And like I dare, I actually dare predict that the next HTML or the next sets, next few sets of it, HTML is going to be some sort of hybrid code. Mm-hmm. That will integrate more seamlessly with uh, JavaScript. I mean, JavaScript may actually take a backseat. Oh yeah, um, a pure JavaScript because yeah. people have always hated it, and people <laughs> who are JavaScript aficionados go, "Well, you people just aren't intelligent enough." Yeah. Well, that doesn't help. It's not that people aren't intelligent enough. People who deal with I, people that I know who deal with C plus and C sharp hate JavaScript. Yes, I know. So it's, a different it, logic. it's not an issue of being stupid. It's an issue of JavaScript just not being the best. Yeah. And jQuery is nice. I like jQuery, mm-hmm. but and I know it's based on JavaScript, but it it's still I would prefer using jQuery over JavaScript. Oh yeah, well it's more um, compact. I think most of us would. It's more consistent yeah. in their results. Like if you create an Absolutely. array in JavaScript, you could have a completely different results. Uh, depends on how you use your array. If you create yeah. an array in jQuery, that array is consistent every way because it's an array. Like JavaScript. Yes. The problem with JavaScript is like it's being used for twenty more years, and it's completely fallback uh, ready. So you can code with JavaScript zero point one, and it still works with your JavaScript library. But the problem is you have all the bugs and inconsistency of all the previous versions of JavaScript. And ha- like, like you say, like I'm already seeing this. Like I'm experimenting a little bit with Angular JS, and I'm seeing that Angular JS, yes, you have your JavaScript libraries to create your code and call your uh, all the data and stuff but your templates html templates are based on data attributes so you call your functions inside the html with an html attribute and Mm -hmm. so the amount of javascript that you see in your actual templates is basically zero because everything is separated and you call the dynamic functions inside the html without writing javascript Okay, I've got a question. I yeah. have a question um, from Tim Jenkwitz from yeah. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks, "Why does everything better? Why does everything look better when you put it in a circle?" And he's got a picture of poop uh, with flies over it in a circle. Because <laughs> Circa, I can give you the actual scientific explanation, but we can Go just answer with silence. You just answer with silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of, and I know this guy is trying to. You know, yeah. It's kind of a trolley question, uh, but I think we are. To be honest, how many times, how many logos have we seen in the last ten years that have a circle around it? Well, see, well it's it's like doing like a short answer. Like circle 
it's it's easier for our eye to like focus on a specific point it's a circle like mm -hmm. it, it, it goes your focus point it goes everything there and creates a container around whatever object you want to represent and mm -hmm. it's not having edges it's like smoother and easier to understand for our brain and yeah. that's like well, the, we almost yeah. game we almost you know think of it as a game you know because it's it's a button you push the button you oh know, yeah it's, it's also yeah circles it's something like trustworthy and easy it's something that is not gonna hurt you and so there are like i think we could talk about like for thousands of hours of uh, the, the the actual meaning of the circle that but i think we are at the end of this episode i think we are at the end <laughs> Yeah, so this was this was fantastic. This was, was a great. great. Uh, so let's great not episode. use Microsoft Edge. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Yeah, don't use. Don't put in. Don't get any hopes up with Microsoft Edge. <laughs> yeah, that's um, make sure if you do Windows 10, you go through the custom setup. Uh, you know, Express setup was great in 1998 when you just had the core files being yeah. uh, put in, but now that Microsoft and Apple and everything else is so huge, uh, mm -hmm. you need to go through the custom site. You need to go through the custom setup and. And make sure you want certain things shared or not, because the, Windows is not going to ask you; it's just going to do it if yes. you do, unless you say no. So um, I don't. Yeah, care. and uh, and don't make tables, man. Don't, don't do tables. <laughs> Please stop. This is this tables. is the twenty first century. Come don't on. don't do tables. Tables are bad. Tables tables make you sick and they kill puppies. So <laughs> don't sick. kill puppies. And don't use tables. Exactly, it's totally correlated. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's science. It's science. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. And yeah. uh, just stay tuned for some great stuff. We actually have an interview coming up with oh, yeah. um, a wonderful developer, uh, Ceci Correa. And I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but I'm not sure. Right. She's wonderful. I've, uh, I've known her for years. Mm -hmm. uh, she just, she's a developer in Austin, Texas, and a uh, fantastic person. So we look forward to it. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's it for this episode. Uh, do you have anything else? No, that's it. It was great. Awesome. Okay. Well, you guys have an amazing rest of your week. And uh, keep trucking. Keep going at it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week.